Uh, well, again, thank you for joining us here today uh, as we have this opportunity to uh, close out our series. We're in that series right now called Multiply. This will be our final week, and uh, this week is, is huge. This week really involves you and me on a very, very major level because we are looking at a church growth formula. And as members of part of the church, God gives us a very special equation to be able to put together and see how we have the opportunity to share his gospel message. So in my household, uh, Rachel and I split up our daughter's homework between the two of us of who helps out with what subject matter. So Rachel covers uh, vocabulary. She covers English, she covers literature, and then I cover uh, math and I cover science. Those are our main kind of breakup areas, and then we come in between. Oh, I get religion too, believe it or not. And then, so uh, this past week, Kyrie and I were going over uh, her current math homework, and it is dividing fractions, dividing fractions. Complete honesty, I definitely had to look it up to make sure I was doing it right and check it out. And uh, dividing fractions is super interesting because you actually don't divide at all. The way that you find a solution to a problem of dividing fractions is you take the second fraction, you flip it or make it into its reciprocal, and then you actually multiply the numbers to be able to get the answer. Think about that. It's a problem of division, but the way that you solve it is actually through multiplication. I tell you that today because this is the exact same thing that Jesus faces, the problem that he has in his hands in our gospel lesson today. You see, Christ needs to go out and share with all the people around him the word of God, to be able to share what he has come to do for the people. But he can't divide himself up amongst all the places that he needs to go. There's so many different towns that he needs to, to visit. He needs to figure out, so how can I divide myself up? And God comes up with a plan of being able to use multiplication to create this plan of division. You heard it in our gospel text for today. It says, and after this, the Lord appointed 72 others. He knows that he is just one man, and so he appoints these 72 others to be able to multiply and to go out and take the word. Uh, you see in there that it says, after this, if you go back and read chapter 9, uh, Jesus goes through and he talks about the cost of being a disciple and how it, it takes everything. That you need to put God is number one in everything that you do. How the cost is, is really high at times in our life. But through this, in placing God first, this is how the word grows. So again, back to that verse. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others, and he sent them two by two ahead of them to every town and place where he was about to go. He sends these people out with this concept of sharing who Jesus is. So when Jesus arrives, they are ready for him. Does that sound like a game plan in your mind that we are a part of? It's no different that God has multiplied us to be able to go out and to be able to share who he is. So when he gets here, people are ready. They know who he is. They know what he has done. When you were out in the world, what do people look like to you? When you're at the, at the airport and you're finally booked a, a, another trip, a business trip, you're finally flying places again, 
and you see all those people that are there. You're finally going on a vacation again. You see all those people there. What do you see? Do you see, do you see lines? Do you see people that are getting in your way? Do you see people that are your competition? Do you see people who are sinners just like us? Do you see people who need to hear about Jesus? Do you see people who need to know about who their Savior actually is? This is who we need to look out and see within our world today. Because it's very important who God says, this is who I want you to be able to go get. You are part of my problem of multiplication. Better yet, you are a part of my solution. And so Jesus does that today in our scripture text. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Uh, in my backyard, I have these two enormous mulberry trees. They are, they are huge. Uh, they're over 50 years old. And this summer, uh, they will produce more fruit than you have ever seen in your life. And you probably don't usually see mulberries in the store, uh, you know, like raspberries or blackberries. They're super delicate, but they're really, really sweet. They're good to be able to eat. You can make things with them. Uh, my only problem is I got too many of them. If you want mulberries this summer, let me know. I will get you mulberries. There are so many of them. I could spend a year on one tree alone picking all of this fruit, and I don't think that I would even make a dent. The problem is I don't have a year. They grow for a certain amount of time, they become ripe, and then they just start falling all over the place. They drop, they shrivel up, and then they're gone. In our text for today, Jesus says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. If I had a massive team at my house, we could pick all those mulberries off. It would take time. We wouldn't get every single one, but we would do a lot more work than I can do on my own. This is what Jesus calls us and the 72 to be a part of today, to be a part of this mission of this harvest, to be able to go out and share about Christ with other people around us. And he does so in a very specific way, first of all. Notice what he says in that verse. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And so he says, ask the Lord to, of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. If I told you here this morning that I want you to ask God for something, how would you ask God for something? What would you do? Somebody tell me, what would you do? Pray. You would pray. If I told you, hey, you need to ask God for something today, you would pray. When was the last time that we decided we were going to pray for God to send workers out into his harvest field? That we prayed for, for pastors, that we prayed for youth directors, that we prayed for our, our volunteers and kids' time, that we prayed for our ushers, that we prayed for our volunteers, you name it, any of these individuals. When was the last time that we did that? I can remember one of the last times we did it here at Desert Foothills. Uh, it was a handful of years ago. We were praying for God to be able to be a, uh, uh, one who would send us a, a great leader, that we needed a new pastor here. I was just helping out at the church here before I was even on staff, and uh, God sent us Pastor Mark. What a wonderful leader that we have in that man. If you don't take time to pray for Pastor Mark during your week, 
please add that in your schedule. Again, he's just one guy being able to share his talents and what God has placed on his heart with us. Please take time to be able to do that. He's fine. There's nothing wrong with him. But pray that he would be better. Pray that he would be challenged. Pray that he would be uh, able to do more by God's spirit. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Add that in to our prayer. We need to ask that the Lord's going to send people into the harvest field. But you don't get off there. That's, that's not it. And just go home and pray today and say, I did it. Got done that one thing in the sermon we're taken care of. Look what he tells the 72 right after. After you pray, he says, okay, now you, you go. You go out. I am sending you like lambs among the wolves. You need to go out, and you need to share about what God has done for you. You need to go out in this harvest that is so plentiful and tell people about who the Lord is. And I know you started thinking to yourself, uh, isn't that what we hired Pastor Mark for, right? No. He's just here to help us be chaperoned along. Some of us may be thinking, uh, I'm too busy. I don't have enough time. I don't have the right abilities. I don't have the right words. We can come up with all the excuses that we want to, but it doesn't change that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. It's something we need to get done. What if our, our church, God forbid, caught fire today? And we called 911 and called the fire department and said, hey, we need somebody down here. Our church is on fire. And the person on the other side of the phone said, uh, hang on, you know, Sorry, one of our guys, he's taking a nap right now. He's super tired. I don't want to bother him. You have anybody else? Yeah, uh, one of our guys is out front. He's putting in some new plants in front of the fire station. Real hot summer, and uh, we need to have those plants put in there. Do you have anyone else? Yeah, we got another guy, but, man, he's barbecuing for the other guys right now, and he's got to get his stuff down. They just really don't have enough, enough time to get down there. It seems silly, but... Isn't what we are talking about now even more important to that? More of an emergency than that. That there's people out there that need to know who the Lord is. People out there that need to know what he has done for them. Are we being a part of that and sharing that? And I can tell you when we go out there, it isn't magical. Not everybody listens. Jesus even tells the 72 that today in our scripture text. He says, when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. People aren't always going to listen. I've been there. Times when I've shared truly just, just out, of, out of love in a very gentle way what God's word says, and somebody doesn't want to hear it. They don't want to believe it. It doesn't fit their lifestyle. It doesn't fit their point of view. And so they, they throw it away. They, they cast it out. I've had relationships broken because of that. But God says that doesn't mean you don't keep trying over and over and over again. What if a, a major league baseball player said, you know what, uh, I don't want to strike out anymore, so I'm going to stop swinging for that ball. I'm just going to go stand up there every single time that it, that it comes by. How long do you think he'd be employed for? You have to, have to take a swing, right? And we know uh, you're going to strike out sometimes. It's just going to happen. But unless you take a swing, you're never, never going to get a hit. 
what's a good batting average in baseball? Maybe like, I don't watch baseball. Is it like 400 or something? Would be like great to be able to have. You'd be awesome. Lower than that even, huh? Like, okay, let's say three, 350, okay? 350. Three? All right. I got guys giving me signals up here. Like, <laughs> I feel like an umpire. <laughs> All right, so maybe, maybe 300. Think about that. These guys are out there taking swings, trying to get to a 300, so they only get on base three out of every 10 times, but they still do it. Do you know Teen Challenge has over an 80% success rate, and the young men and the families that they work with, what if they said, you know what, Uh, only eight out of every 10, and we're going to fail two out of every 10 times, one out of every five? I don't think we should do this anymore, guys. That wouldn't be great. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. God says, go, swing, take that opportunity. But you know what? Even in the midst of failures, there are times when it works. There are times when we hit that home run, and boy, does it feel good, I can tell you. The 72 experienced that in our text. It says the 72 returned with joy. And they said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I have given you authority to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. I have given you the authority. There's a true story about uh, the governor of Massachusetts. Uh, his name was Christian Herter. He was the governor in the early 50s who decided he was going to go up for re-election and started going out on the campaign trail and visiting everybody he could in the community. And one day he went to a church picnic. And at the church picnic, uh, they were serving chicken, and he was super hungry, and he went and he got in line, and he was going down, and as he got to the lady who was serving the chicken, she gave him this one little piece of chicken. And he said, hey, can I, can I please have another piece? And she said, you know, I was uh, only told to be able to give every single person one piece so that we can make sure everybody can eat. And he said, well, I'm really hungry. Can I, can I please have two pieces? She said, no, I was told you can only have one piece. And probably in his hanger, like I have sometimes, he said, you know, don't you know who I am? I am the governor of all of Massachusetts. And she said, don't you know who I am? I am the lady serving chicken. Get on the way, mister. In that moment, this lady who was serving chicken had more power and more authority than the governor of Massachusetts. How is that even possible? Because she was given the authority to be the one serving the chicken. Some people would look at Jesus and they would say the same thing. How can this one man, this one guy, at this one point in history, actually have authority over death, over our sin, over the devil, over all the powers of evil that have ever existed and ever will exist? Well, because God gave him the authority. Look at his record. Jesus, uh, a man, a God, who had the authority to be able to change water into wine. Jesus, a man who had the, the authority to be able to tell the wind and the waves to stop, to be silent, and they obey him. The one who had the authority to touch the eyes of the blind and make them to be able to see again. The one who had the authority to be able to touch the tongue of somebody who was mute to make them speak again. 
the one who had the authority to be able to tell the dead to rise and they come back to life again? The same Jesus who had the authority to be able to call together the twelve and give them that authority. To give that authority to the 72, to give that authority to me, and to give that authority to you. The authority to go out into the world and to be able to share who Jesus is and what he has done for you. After his resurrection, he comes to the disciples and he shares those beautiful, beautiful words that he shares with us this morning. From Matthew chapter 28, Jesus tells us, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. May the peace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the strength that he has provided for each and every one of you motivate us to be able to go out into the harvest field and to be able to spread his good news. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here today and to be able to hear these words, uh, to be able to know, Lord, that you continue to grow us and to strengthen us in so many different ways. Uh, Lord, again, we just thank you for Teen Challenge and for them being here today and ask that we can continue to support them in so many different ways, uh, both through our our prayers, through our actions, and uh, just any other endeavor that you open for us. Lord, uh, be on our hearts and our minds to be able to share you in every capacity with all those that we come in contact with. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.